When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 10, Chapter Titled Turkey Day I'm Alden I'm Tanya I'm the boy I'm the girl And we're doing a podcast about Boy Meets World In case you haven't noticed, four seasons and ten episodes in well, Maybe someone's just like, let me start the newest episode If this is your first episode, hi, we'd like to welcome you Welcome Okay, I'd like to welcome you, and Tanya would like to be awkward because she's not a people person. I am a people person. Um, Tanya yep. is my wife, by the way. Oh. Um, just for those of you who are just not... I figure, like, we don't ever talk... Like, I, if I say like one more time, people are really going to know what our podcast is about because that's all I do for an hour. Mm-hmm. Tanya's my wife, I'm her husband, and we've been married now for 300 years. Not even one. What? Almost one. In one week. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to us. We did it. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see, I guess. Uh, let's look, look forward to next week when you find out whether or not we made it. Whatever. There's not going to be an episode next week. No, there's not? We're going to be in the, in the beach. I, I figure we should probably record one before we leave. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. Well, we have time, though. Who knows? Who knows? You might or might not have an episode next Tune week. Tune in next week to either not know or know. <laughs> <laughs> or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and then... Uh, we might tell you. We might tell you if we're not too busy vacationing. For two whole days. Surfing on the beach. Wearing face masks. Uh, anyway, Tanya, what have you been up to? Um, since we're Making pesto. Since we're getting new listeners acquainted... What have you been up to for the last two years? I have been crocheting and gardening and working and sometimes not working and cleaning and podcasting and watching Boy Meets World. Mm, What a crazy two years it's been for you. Oh, I got married. Oh, yeah, you did get married. Oh, and parenting. We parent a lot of children. We do. Many of them. Yes. And Alden is constantly pushing the uh, microphone in my direction because I don't lean in far enough. Nope. We're really getting you acquainted with us right now. Uh huh. I don't know why we decided to do this this week, but it just happened. Uh, okay. Sometimes it was things very just, organic. Sometimes things just happen, Tom. Like just my let garden. Them, let them happen. Um, what have I been up to for the last few years? Mm-hmm. You ask. Uh, I've been playing Fire Emblem. So. Sorry. <laughs> 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 That's a good. That's a good build to one joke, huh? Yes, it was very good. Anyway, is there anything... this whole beginning? Yeah, is there was any... just a build up to that. I mean, it, I didn't think about it. Until... You're not even playing Fire Emblem right now. I kind of am. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima, and then on the side, a little bit of Fire Emblem on the Switch when I want to. F- when I'm getting frisky. <laughs> <laughs> on this game on the side. I'm going back and playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I'm playing a different route. Look at me. You really are very risque. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a little bit about Dimitri and the Blue Lions. Oh, nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> if anybody knows what I'm talking about, find us on Twitter or Facebook and tell me because I want Fire Emblem friends. I don't or have... text him at 703. Wow. I'm just kidding. 
three, one, four. <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> Please don't text that number. I don't know whose number yeah, that is. Don't text that number. <laughs> um, anyway, are we ready to talk about Boy Meets World I, now? I think so. Because um, we got a lot to talk yeah, about. Yeah, in case... There are weird noises happening in the background of this episode. We have a lot going on right now. We have a sleepover happening. Our kids are very wild tonight, and we're just letting them go for it. They're outside having a bonfire while we are inside recording a podcast like responsible adults. And they were very tired from swimming today and walking for like, I guess, three hours, I think. So I started the fire for them. But then we left them to and their own devices. left them to it. They're old. It's okay. They're and not four. They're, they're not four-year-olds running around having, like, a seance around a fire. Yeah, we have billion-year-old children. Yeah. Like, they were born before we were. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was kind of funny. Uh, Thanks al- for pointing it out. Uh, also, <sighs> This episode we've, is going great. We've been watching <laughs> Boy Meets World. For, yes, two years. Yes. Uh, so we watched Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 10. Chapter titled... Turkey Day. This episode was directed by... Hold for edit. <laughs> was it Jeff Monell? No, it's never been Jeff Monell, you crazy person. Written by Jeff Monell? Uh, it's was... something by Jeff Monell. Why? I saw his name at the end. He did something on the show this episode. Maybe he painted the fake food. It's directed by Jeff McCracken, and it was written by... Who knows, Wiki says. Oh, well then it was Jeff Monell. It was Jeff Monell. Sure, it was Jeff Monell. <laughs> Um, Tanya, can you please give me a good old-fashioned turkey blurb? A turkey blurb? Yeah, turkey blurb me. Okay. The blurb for Season 4, Episode 10, Turkey Day, is Corey and Sean arrange for their families to share a flock of turkeys. Wait. Oh. Okay. All right. Didn't expect that. That's not Disney+. Plus. Or is it? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> classroom or not, Tanya? Classroom. It's classroom again. That's two weeks in a row. We're on a two-week classroom streak. You. Do you think Tanya looked at my armpits be- when I raised my hands? <laughs> she looked directly at my armpits as I raised my hands to scream. Woo! Um. Do you think we're gonna be in the classroom next week? She's being very judgmental about my armpits. I feel like I've said nothing. It's about so hot armpits. outside, and why is this podcast going <laughs> this way this week? Why? Why is this happening? I feel like we're on a crazy train right now. Um. Anyway, do I feel like next week it's gonna be in the classroom? Right. I. Don't think so. I can't imagine that season four, we're going to get three classrooms in a row. It'll make me too excited. I also think based on that timeline, we're at Thanksgiving right now. They won't even be in school what? next episode. Why? Winter break. Um, Winter break happens like two weeks after Thanksgiving. Yeah, but next week is next week. Mm, I don't think so. I think some more time will have passed, but we'll see. We'll see. Somebody looked into the future. Um, so anyway, we're in history class with Mr. Feeney and his long pointer. <laughs> what? He's got a long pointer. <laughs> okay, well, Mr. Feeney. I just, I'm, I took note of the fact that he had one of those long pointer sticks that teachers... Like the antenna thing? That teachers, like, pretend to have, but don't ever actually use. I mean, he probably, there probably have been teachers that used it, and, like, they were very, very old. Like, they used it way back in the day. And Mr. Feeney started teaching, like, way back in the day. And he just, like, brought this technique into the modern day of 1996. So, 
he's talking about what, Tanya? Because you had to write this down. Uh, he was talking about um, classism causing division between the... Uh, uh, well, first he the, says... Well, it, it was R- Rwanda and Rwanda Uganda. Rwanda and Uganda, and, but he says Uganda. And, yeah. and Is that how you say it? I I've know. always said Uganda. I don't know. Why is this podcast going like this? Uh, and... <laughs> Corey and Sean look at each other, and Sean's like, oh, he's just making stuff up now. And Corey says, oh, man, we're, uh... uh throw a he's, bag he's running out of stuff. He's running out of material. He's just making it up. And then Mr. Feeney starts saying the class differences and the In the, the, the Hutus and the Tutsis. Wait, yeah, Hutus and the Tutsis. It's, it's different classes in Africa. Right, and Mr. F- that's when they go... We're going to have to throw over his, a bag over his head and carry him out to save his dignity. He's getting worse and worse. So we were not taught about these classism issues like no. back then. But since we have found out a lot about the classism issues there in movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Uh, but the way that he teaches it was really, really good. And I wish that we had had teachers like Mr. Feeney. Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't a very 1996 topic. Like it, it wasn't a thing that we talked about at all. Um, and I'm, it's really interesting the way it plays out in this episode. So, Mm -hmm. um, let's get on. So he, he talks about how the haves and the have nots have divided his, like divided people historically forever. And that it causes most of the misery in the world. So also, those are not our children setting off fireworks. Someone in our neighborhood is doing it. It's a crazy night. Or it's our children because we're in here recording and they're outside and we have no. And idea. they're just throwing fireworks into their they bonfire. Drove to Pennsylvania and bought fireworks. Anyway, so he tells them that another thing that's gonna uh, make everyone upset is that they have to do a paper on this over Thanksgiving break, which is kind of crazy, Mister Feeney. Making him do a paper over Thanksgiving break. It's also very Mr. Feeney. It's very Mr. Feeney. Uh, but then he says they're going to do a food, dr- or they had a food drive, and the winners of the food drive were Corey and Sean, and they win a turkey and stuffing. Um, and they get very excited about the stuffing, and they do not want the turkey. And as they're walking into the hallway, uh, Corey's like, all right, you can have the turkey, and I'll take the stuffing. And Sean's like, no, I want the stuffing. And Corey's like, I want the stuffing, too. You know how we can remedy this? And Sean's like, get more stuffing. And he's like, I wish we could, but we can't. It was a very, very well-rehearsed, well-acted Abbott and Costello ro- routine. Yes. And Corey was phenomenal. So was Sean. Like, they were just back and forth so fast. It was good. Over the past few episodes, Sean has gotten stronger and stronger, like, acting-wise. Like, his... his, I don't think that he was always great acting-wise, but, like, I've noticed more over the past few episodes, even more than when it was his arc. Like, with Mr. Turner and stuff. We've always talked about how he's been good in all of the episodes with Sad Sean. But Mm -hmm. he hasn't been good in in normal Sean episodes or, like, Happy Sean episodes. Like, he can't play different emotions. He can only play Sad Sean. And the last few weeks, he's played multitudes of emotions. Like, top to bottom, he's, he's... He's got range, yeah. as they say in the biz. Yeah, no, he's been fantastic the past few weeks. Um, but they're trying to figure out how they can both have this one box of stuffing. And so then they decide, like, oh, I know what we could do. 
get our families together for Thanksgiving. Well, Corey says that, and Shauna's like, no way, that's a terrible idea. Right. Um, and Corey's like, no, this will definitely work. My parents will love this idea. Uh, skip to the Matthews kitchen. Quick, jump cut to Adam. Adam. Adam? Alan. Well, I was jump cutting my brain, and I can't. <laughs> Alan says, I don't want to do that. Um... And they have a whole conversation about the fact that, like, it's a family holiday. And Corey's like, uh, we're a family. They're a family. Like, it's still a family holiday. And they're like, what about the football game? And they're like, we, you can tape it. And then it goes to the trailer. Well, um, Corey says, Dad, they are, the hunters are already on board with this. And they're delighted. And it cuts to the, the hunter house. And Chet going jump cut jet adam saying uh is adam the new jump cut word yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and at the end as slow cut is eve uh hey what that's kind of misogynistic no it's not you're saying women are slow that's oh my god cancel culture has gone too far <laughs> <laughs> um uh adam chet says do I look delighted to you? That was a terrible Chet. That was really that was way more Verna than Chet. Okay, so Chet has this whole argument that actually like broke my heart, and I do not like Chet. I don't like him in this episode. I don't like him in any episode. But he makes some very valid points for classist culture. Like he's like, we don't need people coming in here, like messing up our Thanksgiving, like. They basically are just going to come in and look down on us, and it's going to be uncomfortable. He doesn't say it in those words, but that was basically his argument. And you think that's a good argument? Yes. Oh. I disagree. You have generally not dealt with classism in your own life. Right. And I've always kind of hung out with everybody, and there's never been an issue. For you. Right. You are definitely the Corey in this situation. Corey's just like, I have a friend who, like, lives in a trailer park, and this is how his life is, but you don't know what it's like to feel just, like, fear and trepidation over people coming into your home and judging you for what you do not have. Okay. All right. Fair. Um, I will concede. So we <laughs> cut back to the, the kitchen, and, um, well, first... While while um, Chet is talking about uh, about all this, Verna cuts in and says, "No, it'll be great. It'll it's it's sometimes it's nice to have a better class join us." And she says, "Better class," right. and then Chet gets upset and says, "Better class? See, there's the problem." Right. Um, so now we cut back to the Matthews kitchen. Um, uh, Alan's on the phone with Verna. Right. He gets off the phone. He's like, "So." Uh, Verna just gave us a tip for Thanksgiving and Amy's just like, great. Like, what is it? What'd she say? And, and Amy's sitting at the table with Morgan. Um, and Alan's just like, well, uh, she said that there've been some animals loose in the trailer park and to, and told us how to deal with them. There's a vicious goat. There's a vicious goat, which I'm like, love. I think it's great that there's a goat running around. Don't wear red. Amy says, why don't we wear camouflage? And Alan says that'll upset the bear. Um, and then, what do we hear? Knock, knock, knock. Who is it? Oh, man, it's the best part of the episode. Frankie! Let's, let's, 
Yeah. Let's slow it down a little bit. Frankie's here, everybody, and we're all happy now. We are very happy, and Frankie comes in. And you are too. Everyone's happy because Frankie's here. Except he comes in and makes a very awkward uh, statement. He walks in and he says, Mr. Matthews, I would just like to approach you, being the man of the house. I would like to respectfully speak to you about a dating situation with your daughter, Morgan. And Alan turns to Amy and goes, Amy, call the police. (laughs) And we died laughing. Hit pause. No, hit rewind. Watched it again. Wrote it down. It was so funny. It was so funny. And then uh, Frankie stops him and goes, no, 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 Mr. Matthews. You misunderstand. Um... Herman, please come in. And and Herman comes out from behind him, basically, holding a little bouquet of flowers. His hair is, like, parted in the middle. He is so adorable. And he comes over, and, like, Morgan gets up from the table and, like, stands in front of him. And, like, everyone is just sort of surrounding him. And he's just, like... Uh, With your father's permission, of course, I'd like to ask you to share a slice of pumpkin pie after after dinner. After dinner pumpkin pie. And Frankie's like, word around the trailer park is you will be on the premises. So Herman has asked Morgan to have pie with him on Thanksgiving. So she agrees to do it. And uh, Frankie says, come Herman, we must go. We must tidy up the trailer for there are women coming to visit. And... (laughs) Um, Herman goes, one more thing. And Amy says, the goat, we know. And Herman says, yes, do not underestimate him. He is a wily one. (laughs) I genuinely cannot take notes when they are on the screen. She can't. And that will be evident later when we get to the full on Frankie, everybody scene, because neither of us took notes. Yeah, it's just so like immersive and wonderful. So now we go back to the trailer park at large. Like we we were dropped off in the middle of it for the first time. Yeah, and like Amy has a like Pyrex casserole dish, and what's Pyrex? It's a type of casserole dish. Oh, they're not cheap. Okay. Um, and so like the whole family is there, and Alan's like, "Amy, where's your purse?" And she's like, "I left it in the car." And she's like, I need to go back and get it. And he says, why? And she says, I just need to get it. And then he, she says, I don't want to leave it in the car. And he says, I don't want to leave the car in the car, but I got to do that. So they are going back and forth, having a very gross... Classist conversation. Classist conversation. Like, it's not even, like, vaguely, this could be perceived poorly. Like, it's just straight up bad. Yeah. It really is. And, like, Corey, who has been there a million times, is just like, okay, I don't understand. Their trailer's over there. Like, I'm going to go get the purse. Eric tries to go back to the car to take to say that he's going to get her purse. And then they're like, when will you be back? And he says, I won't. And then Corey's Eric like... Eric is disgusting, Yeah, this episode. So Corey says, look, I'm going to go get it. Go over there. That's the Hunter's trailer. Bye. And they walk over and... They see a trailer with the word the unters. Yeah, and they make it very clear that just all the trailers look the same. Yeah. Like Like suburban houses don't. I was about to say the same thing. Like there's literal songs about the fact that suburban houses all look the same. I Well, should we do a weeds podcast? Yes. Um I only, never finished it. Though. Only the first two seasons. Um, <laughs> That's all I watched. I watched the first four, I think. 
but I only liked the first two. Oh. Um, so anyway, what was I saying? Oh, I... I used to deliver pizza, right? And, like, I delivered to a few trailer parks. And let me tell you, it was way easier to know which trailer was which compared to the, the houses down the street in the suburban streets, you know? It's very true. They made it, like, a clean space. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't... A lot of shows will make a trailer park look junky and, and bad. And I don't feel like they did that in this true. show. Because, like, my brain always goes to defending them because yes, of the fact... Well, because m- my sister lived in one in Colorado at one point, and it was adorable. Like, I was going to live there, too. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with defending it. I just think you get very defensive. Yes. Um. Anyway, so they walk up to a trailer that says The Unters, and, and Alan is like, surely this is it. The H must have just fallen off. And they're like, it says The Unters. And he's like, the H fell off. And he knocks. That's what I said. He knocks on the door, and a guy answers. It's not a hunter. No. This is uh, Luther. Luther. Luther Hunter. This is Luther Hunter. And he's like, yeah, how can I help you? And Alan's like, we're uh, here to see the hunters. And he's like, we are the hunters. Can't you read? And Alan says, oh, you see, I just figured the H fell off. And he goes, you think if the H fell off of our name or a letter fell off on our name, we wouldn't put a new letter up? Good point luther so alan gets super uncomfortable luther tells him that the hunters is next door and they go next door and knock on the door well he says sorry we came all the way from cedar heights and luther goes well la di da cedar heights does sound very la di da it kind of does and but lots of like middle class suburban homes have that like weird like fancy name so what's weird about that is that this is spring run i never thought neighborhoods had a name Mm. until we moved into ours. I mean, most do. I didn't know. My mom didn't know the name of her neighborhood until after we moved into our neighborhood. And I was like, we have a Facebook page for our neighborhood. And she was like, oh, I wonder if we have one. That's how she found out the name of her neighborhood. la di da I didn't know that there were names for the neighborhoods. So they knock on the door and it cuts inside the, the hunter's house and Sean goes, they're here, smiles, everybody. Like they have done so much decorating. It I, looks awesome. It looks so good. They have like all these decorations like on the table. They have tables pushed together. It looks so good. And Verna looks gorgeous. And Sean is clearly so excited to try to make this happen. But he's also nervous. Very nervous. He's very, very nervous because classism. Right, so they open the door. It's a very awkward situation. I don't kind of remember what's said, but I know that Alan brings a bottle of wine. He makes the, he does make the point of saying, like, it was a nice gesture for him to, to bring the wine, but he does say, it's a we really brought a nice really bottle. nice bottle of wine. And uh, Chet is like, oh, well, excuse me. I didn't realize you were bringing a really nice bottle of wine. We had just have a very good box of wine in the fridge that we were going to drink. And Alan was like, no, 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 let's... We can we can drink ours and and they have like a little back and forth. Well, about he basically it. says that uh, they can drink the hunter's wine and then take their wine home. And it really oh, yeah. to me seemed like Alan was like, well, this wine isn't good enough for you anyway, or like this wine is too good for you anyway. Like I would rather take this home and not 
not use this wine here. Like, he didn't actually want to give the nice bottle of wine to them. He like, doesn't it would o- be lost on them. He doesn't overtly say that, but it does kind of come across that way. But yes. Verna then jumps in and says, hey, how about we just mix this wine and the box wine into a big bowl and fill it with fruit and have ourselves some friendship sangria? Adorable, Verna. Yeah, that was a great idea. She's she's the Cory in this situation. She's just so great. Except she starts to lose it a little bit. Um felt it so hard so um they amy goes to hand her the the what is it called pyrex dish the pyrex dish and verna hands them some cheese and crackers on a plate yes and it's not bad cheese and crackers like it's a nice setup And Amy's actually very happy to receive it, and she immediately starts eating it, but Verna immediately feels self-conscious because of the Pyrex dish. She starts almost, like, caressing it, like... And she's, it's so nice. She says, I I, I really, you know, I, I, I think we should probably have whatever you brought in this dish, and in this crock, she says. Mm-hmm. And um, Amy was like, oh, no, that's not really that nice. And Eric goes... Oh, that's like the one you gave to the mailman last year. Oh, no. So so there's a whole cheese conversation here where um, she... So Verna hands the cheese plate over to Amy. And Amy's happy with it or whatever. And Verna is like looking at this Pyrex dish. And she's like, you probably would serve a nice... Like in names mm. like some like super expensive cheese that you would put in your cart in supermarket sweep for a lot of money. Oh god. Somebody's <laughs> been watching too much supermarket sweep. And um and he's like, "No, no, no. Like I love this cheese." Oh, and with a nice port. And Eric goes, "Oh yeah, you would have served that. That's what you gave the mailman last year for Christmas." And Amy is like, "Uh, he's not he, just a mailman. He's my biological father." <laughs> it was funny. It was good. Um and it gets awkward for a second and um Verna's like freaks out and she's like, Chet, I'm going to the store. I'm buying a crock. And he freaks out and says, we can't. This is why we shouldn't have done this, Verna. Um, you can't just run out of here like a cheese crazed banshee. <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that because that was a very good line. And uh, they basically say like, this is not going well. You need to stay. Um, and she- Verna walks away and Chet walks over to Amy and goes, um, well, first, Corey and Sean have a little chat with each other about how badly it's going. And Sean says, this is bigger than us, Corey. And Corey's like, no, we can do it. Mm-hmm. And then Chet walks over to Amy and says, sorry about Verna. Do you have any of those female calming pills in your purse? And she's like, not enough. <laughs> yeah. So Luther knocks on the door. We're burning through this episode. Oh, I, I think we're going pretty slow but so luther <laughs> luther knocks on the door chet goes to the door and luther's like we're having an emergency trailer park council meeting and chet was like we're having thanksgiving right now he's like immediately right now come out and so chet goes out there and like everyone in the trailer park is there and this guy comes out from the center of the crowd and um He's like a very biblical cult leader type. Yes. And everyone's just like, ooh. And Chet's like, Herbert, you came out of isolation for this. And Herbert 
starts on this like long-winded tale about how this trailer park came to be. Once upon a time, we were across the street, but the people with more money came in and saw that that land would be ripe for their taking. Um, and he uh, talks about... Be a good about... cult leader. You? Yeah. We'll do it. Be ripe for the taking. That's you all I would it. say. You do it, and I will do an investigative podcast on it. That's my call. It's just called Ripe for the Taken. <laughs> um, and he says, and the outsiders have been brought in once again to for our condemnation. And they tell Chet that they have to get the Matthews out of there. And Chet's like, well, I, you know, we're going to let them have dinner and then we'll get them out. And they're like, no, get them out now or else. So Chet goes back into the trailer where uh, Verna has a plate and she's like, I have cheese whiz and rice checks and a pimento and an olive and an olive. And she's like shaking and like crying and trying to hand it to them. And she says, all right, everybody, let's just get back to our uneventful wiki wiki Hawaiian luau. And they're just like, what? She is unraveled like completely she can't handle life um and chet comes in and he tries to like hurry the matthews way he's like great dinner guys bye and they're like we haven't like we haven't had dinner this hasn't we haven't done anything yet and mm-hmm. he's like well cool see you later and fern is like what is going on and um well well Chet and Verna Ch- chet takes verna outside to tell her what's going on right and when they do that Alan is like, well, this is well, this is your fault for bringing us here in the center of Looneyville. Was it Alan yeah, who said that? Eric. Eric said that. Because he's disgusting. And Alan says, we need to get home and watch the Cowboys and Redskins, which, the who? I think they meant the Washington football team. What a name. I love it. Do you? Uh, way better than the Redskins. I mean, I do too. I like it better than the Redskins, but... What's wrong with the Washington football team? Uh, the only thing... Well, it's just... Dumb, but well, and it's temporary. It's just a stand-in name. It doesn't also doesn't matter to me because as a lifelong Washington football f- team fan, I have really fallen out of love with the Washington football team over the last decade. So, and they trade or they got rid of Chris Thompson this year, so I literally don't care at all anymore. Right. It's great. Right. Also, like they've been batting around changing the name. My whole life. They haven't been batting around. Other people have been throwing them the ball and they've been hitting it away with a baseball bat. Uh, Which is crazy because it's football. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, what a time to be alive. Uh, So. Do you remember that football game? I mean, they played a lot. On Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was always the two of them on Thanksgiving. They play every three or four years together on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was always a a huge deal in my house. Yeah. It's a set thing. Um, and they used to make a whole big deal about it and they they would call it like the Cowboys and Indians, which is No, real, I mean like, the whole thing, the whole reason why we our team versus their team is a big deal was because of the names. Yeah. Like that was why it was a big deal. Well and they were in the same division, but yes. But them being in the same division and having those names and the fact that people could say cowboys and Indians before people realized that that was an offensive term. Like, they're not Indians. Uh, People from India are Indians. I don't know why you said it like that. I didn't like it. What? Why? Because it sounded like you were 
saying that that was silly. It's silly that people didn't realize that that was offensive until like 10 years ago. Um, anyway, Corey comes over to Alan and says like, we've got to make this work. We've got to have fun with them, which we're just here to have Thanksgiving dinner. And Alan says, you, you might be right, but sometimes being right isn't enough to change people's mind. Corey says something very poignant here. And I don't remember what it was, but it was something along the lines of like how much stuff we have should not determine whether we get along or not. Right. Um, and that's when Alan says being right isn't enough to change the way that people feel. And oh my God, Alan, I am living that life right now. Like all the time. I think a lot of us are. Yeah. Um, so like, I want to put that on our like letter board <laughs> as a reminder. You need to tattoo it on your arm as a reminder. All right, wait a minute. What? I was right tonight about how much chicken you should put in the oven. You Yeah, you're right sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're right a lot of times. That was the whole point. Yeah. That it's not going to change people's mind, though. Um, it didn't change my mind, did it? Yes, it did. You put all the chicken in the oven. I so, real And qu- there was one piece left. Real quick, class. <laughs> I did. So I did change my mind because my lovely wife told me to put extra chicken in the oven. I was just going to do part of it. And she was like, do the whole thing. You don't know how much they're going to want to eat. And then I said, okay, I will. And then she was like, wait, they're not all eating that chicken. Don't make it all. And I was like, too late. I'm listening to my wife. Now she thinks she's right because she said both things. (laughs) I said the right thing first. (laughs) Yes. If I write the right answer on a test and then I erase it and write the wrong answer, I failed the test. I think... I think we had this conversation before on this podcast. It's probably. And I think I was the one who said that thing. Anyway. (laughs) You have a lot to cut out. Now she feels like she's right about (laughs) being wrong, but being right before. You have so much to cut out of this episode. We're only 35 minutes in. I don't have enough. Oh, this is the worst episode ever. Is it? Yeah. So he says, being right isn't enough to change the way people feel. And then everyone basically comes in oh no no no! they go out they go out of the trailer where verna and chet are talking and chet's like where are you guys going and Corey's like i'm gonna take my sister over to have her pie with herman and that's chet says something about like all right sean you need to uh show them the way we crouch down so that nobody can see us so that they could walk to frankie's house without people realizing that they were still there. So then we go into the hunter's house where Alan and Amy are having dinner with Verna and Chet, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're having dinner. Alan keeps breaking his fork because it's plastic forks. Uh, We had a lot of family come over on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was when we used plastic forks. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Like, and Alan doesn't know how to use plastic cutlery because he's too rich. I don't know. It was weird. Because he, like, breaks it and Verna's like, here, have another. And she puts the bag of cutlery on the table. And Amy's just like, wow. I guess we all need to have, like, a bag of forks. He says, She says it's great to have a bag of forks around. And they get very uncomfortable about it. And um, Verna's I- like, maybe we should use the metal forks. And Chet was like, oh, are we just going to give everyone metal forks? 
And it turns out that Verna is very self-conscious of the fact that she has mismatched forks. And Amy says, it's okay. And she's trying to do her best. And she's been the uh, bright spot so far, but she says the worst thing. Well... Because she doesn't mean to. She says... Classism is based on ignorance. Well, yeah. And she says, I understand, guys. When we were starting out, we had mismatched silverware, too. But they're not starting out. Right. So. Like, Chet and Verna are obviously a few years older than Amy and Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Alan says, like, sorry, guys, this obviously isn't working. We tried. Well, and he goes, he's like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, I, I'm not going to take another fork out of the bag. I'm just going to use the piece that I broke off. And so he's like trying to use just the fork piece. And then he's like, yeah, this isn't working. And um, Chet and Verna leave. Right? Uh, I don't. I mean, Verna, Verna reaches over and like pats Amy's hand. She's like, it's okay. Like, we tried. We did our best. Some people just don't get along well together. Like, we're just too different. I didn't think they left. I don't know. All I know is it cuts to Frankie's house. So at Frankie's house, you see just a natural interaction where, like, Corey and Morgan and Sean are setting the picnic table, Mm -hmm. just, like, very naturally, um, and having a conversation about how bad it was in the hunter's house and how they wish that it had gone well and they were really upset. And Frankie has a whole thing where he says, like... Some people just don't understand, and we have to... um, I don't remember what he says. I really wish I'd written this stuff down. We were too busy watching it. It was so good. Go back and... So, if you haven't watched this episode recently, go back and watch it. So, up until this moment, I was feeling very bad about the episode, because it seemed to be making a lot of humor out of the classism. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, that bad feeling was necessary for what Corey and Frankie go through over this next five minutes because they really, like, hammer that home. Right. Um, Where Frankie goes on to say a whole beautiful speech about how some people, uh, some adults just don't, can't adapt and can't change Mm -hmm. like we can. Right. That, That the children don't notice the classes and stuff as well. And that adults notice it, that they, like, it was something that was taught to them, and they took it and ran with it, basically. And, um, Corey... Well, so, they say, Frankie says, now at our house we have a tradition. Before we do Thanksgiving, we all go around the table and speak on one thing that we're thankful for. Right. Eric go first, and Eric says, I'm thankful to be eaten, let's go. And Frankie goes, no, you really, say something. And Eric is like, I'm thankful to be here with all of my friends and have dinner with my brother. And it was a very big turnabout. I'm actually very surprised that Eric was sitting at this table beside Frankie and not, like, complaining about the fact that Frankie bullied him ever right, or good. whatever. Uh, and then Frankie goes and he says how thankful he is to be able to spend this great meal with his friends. And the guests and, like... That they have the food that they have, that it was provided to them. And then it's Herman's turn. Oh, what does Herman say? Herman says, I'm thankful to be sitting next to such a delicate flower. Uh, Who I have become, like, besotten with or something (laughs) like that. 
And then it goes, and then he's like, he's, what does he say? Like, my darling? Something like that. And uh, Morgan's like, and for once, I'm thankful to be sitting at the kids' table. And then it goes to Sean. Um, I don't remember what Sean, Sean says. Sean oh, says, I'm, like, I'm thankful that you're my friend. Yeah. And Corey says, Oof. what? What Corey says. Corey says, uh, you're, you might have to interject. I don't remember exactly. Corey says, I'm thankful to be here with, with my friend Sean and with everyone else here and not worrying about the, the differences in what we do and don't make and have. Uh, and we're just here to enjoy, enjoy each other's company. And I'm thankful that my parents or our parents raised us well enough to not care. Unfortunately, they didn't have parents who raised them not to care. Was that it? Something like that, yeah. I, I didn't hear that part. I heard uh, just the, like, and I'm lucky or I'm thankful that my parents taught us to um, like people for who they are yeah. and not what they have. What they have. But it, it was a very ignorant comment. Like. What do you mean? It was very ignorant. Like, it was very, like, and I'm so thankful that, like. I was taught to not care what people have because he's still saying like no yes I don't I don't think so I I think he's pointing out the fact that he's frustrated that his parents are acting their parents are acting so ridiculous about the things that they have mm-hmm. and that he doesn't care and he was raised to not care and I think the point so so this is where my issue uh, I don't even know. I'm awful this episode, but like it's because I'm actually very passionate about the whole classism issue as a whole. And Corey, what he said was not great. Like he's still pointing out the fact that there that there are have nots at the table. Like he's still pointing that out. Like it's not. I'm so thankful to be here with my friend Sean. Sean's just like I'm so thankful that you're my friend. And Corey's like I'm so thankful that I was taught no. not to care that you don't have very much stuff. No, I, I I think he's bringing it up because it's been brought up for the last hour, and they've been dealing with that, and he doesn't know why he, they're having to deal with that. He doesn't like the fact that they're having to deal with that. He just wanted to be having dinner with his friend and their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and their families are making it about what they have and what they don't have. Yeah. And he, maybe you're right. I, I heard it differently. Like No. That's why I was just like, ugh. No, I, I 100% don't think that that's the case. Okay. And no, it hit me because so Alan and Amy are standing, or all the parents are standing back and watching this exchange happen. And it hit me like it was just such a good little dig at them like Mm -hmm. i'm thankful that i was raised better i'm sad that they weren't raised better too right and um alan says i feel about two inches tall right now and chet says that's two inches taller than me and they agree to put their differences aside and ask if there's a room at the table for the rest of them and uh frankie says all are welcome in the stacchino house and they all grab chairs and pull it up and Luther's watching from like a dark corner by yeah. the trailers with yeah. some guy who looks like what Uncle Eddie from Grounded yes. for Life. Yes, yes he does. Uh, I actually thought it was him for a little while. Um I forget his real name. Anyway. So but then they all 
sit around the table and start eating Frankie's food. Yeah. And Tony was, gets very upset. I was like, wait, they couldn't go in and get the other food and bring it out. They're just like this teenager and small child who have a father who's not home right now because he's out wrestling people. They just made an entire feast that looks delicious. We're going to eat their food and we'll leave our food inside. Um, but anyway, so that's the end of the episode. We go to the post credit scene. Um, where we are in the classroom and... Classroom or not? Classroom. Feeney is talking about uh, the essays and he's like handing everybody their papers and he does not hand Sean his paper. And Sean's like, wait, where's my paper? Like, why don't I get my paper back? And Mr. Feeney's like, Sean, please come to the front of the class. And Sean goes, oh, it's not enough to just fail me in private. You got to braveheart me in front of the whole class. <laughs> And so he gets to the front and Feeney gives him his paper and he's like, I'd like you to read this. And Sean starts reading it and it's the, he said, start reading right here. And he says, you know, this weekend I got to spend the weekend with my friends and their family. Well, no, he says, I don't remember. I, he says, this weekend I spent Thanksgiving with the Hutus and the Tutsis. Oh, and right. I didn't realize that the classism existed right here where we live and it is as damaging and divisive. And he stops talking for a second and he goes, can I, can I sit back at my desk? I'm getting vertigo looking this direction. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Feeney's like, go on, Mr. Hunter. And then he reads the rest of it. Um, was there more to it? I mean, that was basically it. I mean, he said, like, he hopes, he hopes that um, this generation of children will change the way that... Um, like classes and different races and stuff are viewed. And Mr. Feeney says, very well, good, Mr. Hunter. It's the best paper you've done in a long time. How about a C minus? And Sean is like, yes. And uh, he goes, no, that won't do. A plus. And Sean like is just confused. Yes. So. And, and Mr. Feeney goes, oh, don't worry, I'm just as confused as you are. <laughs> so he takes his paper and he goes and sits down and says, I'm finally better than you, Corey. And that was it. That was it. Tanya, how'd you feel about this episode? So this is one of my favorite episodes of Boy Meets World. It's one that I remember more than anything. Other than, uh, well, anyway. How many times has she said that? A class? lot, but no, like this really, like... I knew this episode was coming, and I got very excited. I love this episode so much. This was probably the first episode that I saw as a kid that made me cry, like, for real. But as a person who... I get, I do get tired of saying, like, as a person who dealt with blah, 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 blah. Like, my life was shitty before. That was just it. Like, it really was. And... You get as tired someone, of saying that? Yes. Because it makes it sound like, ooh, I can relate to this, blah, 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 blah. But, like... When it comes to classism, I, I bring it up often with Sean's family because I know how they felt. Like, I absolutely understand how they felt. It is awful to feel inferior when no one's even saying that you're inferior. You just automatically, like, you just know within your soul that you are inferior to all of these other people. Like you don't have people come over to your house because your house is not like theirs. Like, and I still struggle with that, even though like our living situation is wonderful, but it's ingrained in me now to be like, uh, this isn't as nice as theirs. So I'm worried about them coming over. It's frustrating. 
But it's frustrating to you. You've never dealt with that before. Right. So, like, for me, like, I would love to not feel this way, but I dealt with it before. Like, I will say that I was fortunate enough to have my brain during that time where I could convince myself that it didn't matter at all and come up with reasons why it didn't matter to me. Like, well, I don't have this kind of phone because, like, it's better for me to not have this kind of phone. Like, I would convince myself that it was perfectly fine, but I also hung out mostly with people who were in my very similar situation or people who loved helping that similar situation. Like, I was comfortable with that. I don't even know. I You can cut all of this out because I, I don't can't. think I'm explaining anything right. But like, I was not comfortable with a middle class because the middle class is where you feel like you should be. When you're poverty stricken, like, sometimes it's okay to, like, hang out with, like, really, really rich people because it's so different and so far from what you expect from yourself that it's more comfortable than hanging out with where you feel like you should be in life and that you're not. Well said. So, um, those were the two classes that I hung out with. And if I was around just plain middle class people, I was so uncomfortable to the point of, like, tears, like... I think I was more comfortable working retail than anything sometimes because of the fact that those were the two classes that were around. You had people who were working 70 hours a week to provide for their families, or you had people who were like, well, I mean, I have plenty of money. My husband makes a lot of money and I just need to get out of the house. So those were like the other people that you worked with. Right. Um, when Verna starts to unravel... I have never, like, I related to it a ridiculous amount. Her envy over that Pyrex dish was very, very accurate. Like, the smallest things can make you feel like it's a bigger deal than it is. So I think maybe that's why I felt like almost everything that a Matthew said was condescending was because I I think I felt like everything that people would say was condescending, but it was really out of ignorance. They didn't know. Like, no one knew how big of a struggle it was for me. No one knew. Like, Corey truly didn't realize that this was as big of a struggle as it was. Um, Right. And you're right in the sense where, like, the worst thing that was said the entire episode was Amy, which was said from a place of ignorance. Alan and Eric said a lot of terrible things, and it wasn't from a place of ignorance. Like, they just didn't like the situation. They didn't want to be there. Right. Which I felt like was worse, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's the place of ignorance that causes the most pain because that is validating the feelings of inferiority to the people. The outright rudeness over a lower class, like, way of living doesn't hurt as bad as people just not understanding, like, and not seeing it for what it is. Like, if someone walked into, like, our house and they were just, like, I don't know, making obvious, like, comments about the state of things, it wouldn't hurt as bad as people being like, oh, you know, don't worry about the fact that, like, you need to paint your ceiling. Uh, There was a time I couldn't paint my ceiling either, which just validates the fact that I should paint my ceiling, and I haven't been able to afford to do it 
and I'm not where I should be in life. I do think you're about four seconds away from thanking us for joining the wiki wiki luau. You're starting to unravel. You're, you're starting to feel it, aren't you? I felt it while I was watching it. It was very difficult. Okay, so how did you feel about this episode? I liked it a lot. Um, I I I was struggling with it from the beginning. Um, I do think watching all of the um, the, the 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 overtly uh, negative stereotypes towards the trailer park were hard at first, but I really do think that those were necessary to really drive the point home when Frankie and Corey get into it later, uh, because otherwise it wouldn't have felt so strong when they did mm-hmm. it, and it did. It felt so strong and so good, mm-hmm. um, and and it really did speak for. And and it's it's funny because it speaks to me kind of now the same way. Um, I think things were a little bit different back then because they were less exposed. and But now they're more exposed. And just like the conversation the children had in this situation, I really feel like our generation understood it, understood the classism and the racism a lot better, but not all of us. And, and not all of us were able to take those lessons. A lot of us still took the lessons from our parents too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there's a whole generation of kids now who are growing up with the knowledge and awareness that they're so much better about these things than we ever were. Yeah. I'm really glad that you spoke to that because I, re- I wanted to speak to that as well, especially, um, after Sean's essay where he says, like, I you know, basically see a future where our generation, the children of this generation don't have these issues with class and race and stuff like that, that are divisive. And that was our generation. Mm -hmm. That's who we are now, like is, is comes from that generation. And what Sean said is almost a reality. Like people are so much more aware of it like our generation is aware and is doing things to like battle injustice and and all of that and it is maybe not a majority but i do think that a majority of people do know about it well it's like i was saying a, a few weeks ago i really feel like this is the first time in modern history that so many white people stood up for the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. i mean there have been riots for you know uh, as far back as time, but there there were the Rodney King riots back in the day, and, and white people stayed out of it. And there were riots later on that white people stayed out of. Uh, and this was the first time where it really seemed like, for the first time, this generation was old enough to kind of all start to gather together. From 16 to to 35, you saw people coming together of all races and really really Mm -hmm. taking a stand yeah and still are like the generation that we come from is more aware and is doing a lot more to try to bridge a gap whether it is race relations or classes or um you know issues with the lgbtq community like there are a lot more people who are vocally standing up and bridging that gap which is nice. 
So anyway, my point is that our generation, I think, got better about it. And I think everything that Sean said and Corey spoke to, like, it's true. And a lot of us picked up on that and Mm -hmm. grew as people a little bit more than Mm -hmm. the previous generation. But I can, I'm watching our kids and their generation and it's so much better. And I can't wait to see what happens when they're adults and they're voting people in. Yeah, I I think that the only negative of that is that the opposition is so vocal and has such a loud voice that their children are being given an even louder voice. Sure, but it's getting smaller and smaller. They're just getting louder and louder because they're getting more and more scared. Yeah. So anyway, that got political, but whatever. So... Are we done? <laughs> I think so. Um, I uh, honestly, like, I don't feel like I got to speak to as much of it as I wanted to this episode. Like, I barely wrote notes just because, like, this is just such a good. We hardly even talked about how wonderful Frankie and Herman were, and they were just so, so wonderful. We like, super talked about it. I don't feel like we did. Tanya's all over the place. I am. Um, but, and and we hope you understand, like, this, we're all over the place on this episode because we loved it so much and because it was so, um, it was so thought-provoking. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was, it's something that we can talk about. So, mm-hmm. please, definitely join us on our Facebook page. Tell us what you think of our opinions and, and you what... You can be like, Tanya, you're an idiot. Shut up. Stop making big things out of nothing. Don't say that she's an idiot. That's my wife. You can tell her she's wrong. I'll argue that you're wrong, um, but, even if you're not. But no, definitely join there and, and let us know what your feelings are on this episode, because I do think there's a lot to take away from it. I mm-hmm. think there are good things and bad things that, that we may feel differently about, that I may feel differently about. I mean, Tanya and I both disagreed about Corey's speech, mm-hmm. um, and you guys might disagree with something else entirely. So, Well, and I will say, like, now hearing your perspective on it, like, I'm very combative when it comes to classism. So because I am so sensitive about it, I do tend to make bigger things out of nothing, which is why I will say that you are probably right about the way that Corey said that. So I'm just putting that out there before everybody's like, I agree with Alden. Like, I kind of agree with Alden, too. Yeah, you would. Um, Anything else you want to say before we go? No. Uh, you guys are wonderful, and and we appreciate you so much. Um, you are the best class. You're you're the class of 2020. Wait, that's no. probably a bad. Yeah, don't be the class of 2020. Yeah, be the best class of the best year. Oh, you know what? I forgot something. What? So it's really interesting that we and I like my brain is so scatterbrained that I meant to talk about this in the beginning of the episode. So this episode was about the haves and the have nots. And I just started watching Brave New World on Peacock because it has the other Alden in it. And I love the other Alden. What's it called? Brave New World. On what? Peacock. What? A peacock is a bird. (laughs) It says the C word. A peacock is a bird. (laughs) And it's also NBC streaming service. And that's what you do with it. You pee. <laughs> I hate <laughs> you so much. Uh, Brave New World, go. Brave New World. It has Alden. I don't know how to say his last name. Is it He's by the, the Aldous Husk- Huxley book? Yes. Oh. Did you ever read that? Uh, I know of it, and I think I 
started it. Everybody in the world read it except for me because I was like, mm, don't want to read this too much sex. It was written in the 30s. I'm not huge on writing, reading things from the 30s. Like, generally speaking, they're too descriptive. But I love the other Alden very much. Aldens are my favorite people in the world. There's only two of them in the entire world. I'm married to one of them, and the other one played Han Solo in the movie Solo, and now he's in Brave New World. He <gasps> plays John. Donald Glover is getting a Lando Calrissian show. What? Yes. Is it going to be on Disney Plus? Yes. That is very exciting. Anyway. That's related to what I'm saying because uh, Donald Glover played Lando in Solo opposite the other Alden who yeah. played Solo. Anyway, Brave New World. It's about the haves and the have-nots. Okay. So watch that, I guess, if you want to... Uh, I mean, I don't want to recommend it because I'm only on the third episode. So don't recommend it. Um, but it's a good time. However... I would like to re recommend Ghost of Tsushima on the PlayStation 4. God, that's a good game. It's so good. And what soundtrack should they listen to while playing it? So the new Logic album just came out, and I'm not a fan of Logic generally. In fact, I've been really um, hypocri uh, hypocritical. No. I've been really, what's the word I'm looking for? Dismissive of Logic pretty mm -hmm. much his entire career. I know his first couple albums are pretty, pretty heavily touted, but... I didn't really listen to them. I didn't listen to them until a few years ago, and I couldn't get into it. Um, but listening to his newest album while playing Ghost of Tsushima really, really feels like uh, playing through the anime Samurai Champloo. And that is the deepest, like, cut that no one is going to be part of that diagram. But try it. Listen to Logic while you play the new Logic album, while you play Ghost of Tsushima. That said, J. Cole has two new songs out, and they're the greatest songs that he's ever released. That said, Tanya, how about T-Swift? Uh, so, I really like folklore. She's a Swifty. I'm not. I've never... I... Huh? I have never enjoyed Taylor Swift as an artist before, and I'm very confused about how I feel about her new album. The theme of the, the evening. Tanya's confused whether it's about Boy Meets World or Taylor Swift or Logic. I think I might have needed more caffeine. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, the Taylor Swift album is actually really, really good. It's And that um, comes from someone who actually really likes Taylor Swift. I, I do like her. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the old female vocalist. Um, but she's put out a lot of garbage, too, like for mm -hmm. real. It's not a Haley Williams situation. Um, Haley Williams, his other wife. No, I just, all of her music is the best. Anyway, anything else? Uh, I guess you can find us. On Twitter, at BMG and BMW. Or uh, email us. At BMG and BMW at gmail.com. Or you Tanya can find runs. us on Facebook. Uh, just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World in the search bar. There we are. Um... Anyway, that's going to do it for us. We have just been all over the place. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 10. Class dismissed. Oh, class dismissed. Like classes? Oh, my God.